0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? I'm doing well. Hot, humid day. Uh, But, you know, life continues. Good day. You have air conditioning. You have air conditioning. That's that's privilege.
1: That's what that is. That's privilege. It it, it is absolutely privilege. And I am Uh enjoying every minute of it.
0: (laughs) As you should. Um, Okay, so uh, let's start with the obvious. Shooter at the White House or near the White House. Yes. Yeah. Here's what. Okay, so I saw a video last night. And it was it was just cell phone footage. It was a guy that was standing a block away in some construction, and he was showing the guy was laid out on the on the sidewalk there. And there were law enforcement all around. And then more uh, units were coming in. Uh, and you could see that they were just you know they were trying to set up a, like a little perimeter there and keep everybody out. The only thing that I know is is we're not hearing anything about him. And the only reason I say we're not hearing anything about him is because he's probably not a right winger. <laughs> That's the only thing I can guess at this point because we're not hearing anything about him. If he was, then you know that we would know everything about him. He would have his photo plastered all over every TV network as you know this uh, wound up right wing nut. What's going on? What do we know? What are they saying?
1: Right. So all we know so far is it was a 51 year old male. He approached a um, Secret Service agent and said he was armed. He had a weapon, and then he ran aggressively towards him, drawing an object out from his clothing. Uh, that's when the uh, and then he took a shooter's stance. Um, so he drew it and made it look like he was had a firearm, and the officer shot him in the torso. And then uh, officers immediately went in and gave him, you know, first aid, and had uh, EMTs there. And uh, so he ran the at hospital. the cops. He ran at the cops. So he ran at the cops. Yeah, as and he stupid. claimed he had a firearm. That's so, stupid. Yeah, uh, whether or not he. He really was armed. I I don't know. I'm trying to go over the video right now. I saw the briefing room. President
0: Trump was doing a briefing at that time and Secret Service approached him, whispered something to him, of course, you know, the, you know, probably, hey, we need to we need to take you off the stage because there's an incident. So, I mean, that's what they do. And so they probably took him back to a secure place. And then, of course, he came back out and the media, you know, as as limp as they are, they said, sir, are you rattled? Are you are you worried at all? He says, do I look rattled? Do I look worried? <laughs> it's like, that, I mean, what do you want the guy to do? Seriously, what do you want the guy to do? This kind of thing happens it's terrible as it is, but it happens. So what do you want the guy to do? Do you want the guy to shake in fear with as much animosity and hatred as being promoted in the entire country over there? I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often, God forbid. So upon looking at that video, I mean, I see the guy down, but we can't tell exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a very far out shot. It's kind of distorted, so you can't actually see who it is. You can't get any kind of like description of the guy. Nothing that's confirmed anyway, so we don't know. Like I said, it leads me to believe that because they're not releasing any information, I'm talking about the media, it's because it's something in there that they don't want everybody to know. It doesn't fit with the agenda that they want to push, so they just ignore it. Because if you were to look out there today and just look for... Something involving a shooter an active shooter you're really not gonna find much you're really not gonna find anything we had to dig a little bit to look to find
1: that I heard about it when it happened but then it's almost like it just disappeared like you said looking at the video typically in the past when they bury stuff like this and just give you well it was a male of about this age you know typically when they do that it's usually like a terrorist thing that's kind of where we're at on this one. And it's like, we can't really identify the guy to, to, you know, say for sure, which one it was, but, uh, or, or give any idea what it was, but just based on trends in the past. Uh, that's usually what the media does uh, when it's a narrative that they don't uh, don't want you to hear about. Yeah. And it sucks because, look, the media. OK,
0: I'm going to kind of steal your thunder here because this is something you mentioned very early on when we started all this and we started criticizing the media, which rightfully so. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what people are supposed to do is criticize the media when we're being lied to. And you stated it very obviously and you were 100 percent correct on it. You said, look, the media, they're supposed to be on our side. They're supposed to be on our side. These people are supposed to give it to the people as best they can, truthfully, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, and then let people make up their minds. That's how it used to be. But instead, it's turned into this 24 hour conglomerate type stuff. And it's just it's turned into this propaganda machine. It's just shameful. You know, I've said for a long time, the media in America and well, to a great extent in a lot of other countries now as well. These are not journalists anymore. I don't really want to call them journalists. I don't, especially the ones that are in the White House. I don't want to call them that because they go into the press briefings and they're up there with uh, Kayla McKinney or uh, or when Sarah Huckabee Sanders was in there, even when Trump's in there or Pence or, or somebody else is up there at the podium. They get the briefing. The media asks their ridiculous fluff questions because that's all they're allowed to ask. And then they have their talking points. They leave the White House. And then what do they do? They go and print whatever they want anyway. So you're not a journalist at that point. You're a propagandist. What are you doing? They're they're being given more privilege than what I would give them if it were me. I wouldn't allow them in there. I would revoke their press passes to be in the White House. That's not a First Amendment right to be in there. That's a privilege. They can make up just as much garbage on the other side of the fence at 1600 Pennsylvania as they do within that room by themselves. I would actually invite the alternative media in there and let them that are actually going to do non-biased reports on things, be it right or left, doesn't matter. There's organizations on both sides. So I would have them in there as opposed to those uh, TV networks, wouldn't you?
1: And the thing is, is you're not the First Amendment doesn't give you guarantee you the right to be in the White House. That's Correct. more or less a it's privilege. privilege. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, um, yeah, I, I would bar the, the, the mainstream media, let them throw their hissy fit and Bring in a bunch of um, uh, smaller media companies that will uh, uh, report the facts. Not Don't do not do a spin on it, you know? And then let the mainstream media have to go to them to get the news. Which they would put a spin on it anyway. Wouldn't matter. They would put a spin on it, but they wouldn't be the only ones doing it, right? They, you would have the facts out there first. And then... But honestly, how do you vet uh, even the smaller ones? I mean, it, yeah. it really... Well, honestly, I think I think it's the people that would have to be the vetting process
0: on that. And let me explain. Look at the ratings. That's all you have to do. If you were to give the smaller companies an opportunity and you put them out there, you let them be on television because that's the biggest problem is network time. These major networks that are bankrolled by the pharmaceutical industry, mostly they are not allowing the smaller people to rise up because it would eclipse them. It would eclipse them because these are actual right. organizations that would. And I'm not talking up one network or the, the other here, but these are organizations that would actually report on the facts. They wouldn't put an opinionated spin on it. It's here's what the deal is. This is what the story is. And then you as the end user of that, the listener, the watcher, whatever you, the citizen, you decide what is correct and what's not. Instead, we get this corporate machine. This is what we have now. And you're force fed opinions and you're forced to take those opinions of, you know, two or three people. And, you know, you pick any network you want. But everything is this uh, this jockeying about, you know, this issue or that issue. But it's all superficial. It's never anything concrete. They don't actually drill down into anything. They don't do deep dives onto anything. It's just superficial fluff. And it's complete nonsense. It's always all the Democrats, this or all the Republicans that that's complete nonsense. Man, we're past that. We've been past that for a decade or more. So the thing is, is that people need to be able to make the distinction for themselves and they're not being given that choice. They're left with this opinion of here's these two or three people that are arguing, going back and forth. And then you're given this opinion after this presentation, right? All the networks are the same. It doesn't matter that the formats are all the same, but you're given this opinion at the end. And then you take that opinion right now. You didn't arrive at that opinion, but it's something that's given to you. I don't hear anybody on any of these TV networks or any of these newspapers or anything. I don't hear any of them talking about individualism. I don't hear any of them talking about how to make decisions for yourself. I don't hear any of them talking about personal responsibility, thinking on your own. I don't hear any of them saying that. I don't hear anyone promoting that message because if you're on the mainstream out on the television networks, you're not allowed to do that. See, they're going to tell you how to think. It's up to us to be able to think on our own and make our own opinions, right? Based on whatever research we've done, right? And that's all we've done here. Right. That's 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 essentially what we've done here is we've created exactly that. We have wanted to see that change and we haven't seen it. So we've stepped up and we've done it ourselves. We want people to think on their own because individual thought is what has been removed largely from society. That's why we're in the predicament we're in now. So it's all about thinking for yourself. It's all about making up your own mind, taking whatever information is out there, extrapolating your own ideas out of it and then form your own opinion based on whatever that is. The last thing I ever wanted to do, and I'm sure you're the same way, Bruce. the last thing we have ever wanted to do around here is to tell people how to think, how to feel, how to act, all that stuff. We give our own opinions on things. We give our own takes on things based off the the research that we've done. And then we tell you, hey, here's the information that we found. Here's where we found it. Make up your own mind. And if you agree with it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. But the agenda is always taken over. It's always taken over. It's always steered a certain way. And, and the further you steer that agenda, the further you move the goalpost, if you will, to use a popular term these days, then the more distorted someone's view becomes. Look at where we started with George Floyd, right? Does anybody even know what that was anymore? Now we're what? Disbanding police? We're talking about defunding uh, municipal courts. We're talking about closing prisons. Well, because one one bad cop, we're going to collapse the civilization. We're looting. We're burning cities. Because of one bad cop, this is how the agenda gets twisted. It takes one instance, one, and it takes the right people, excuse me, it takes the right corrupt people to take that agenda and to run with it. And now they got everybody into the camp, right? The agenda gets twisted. But speaking of what's going on as far as riots go, we've got some crime statistics, right? We got some crime rates on the rise in some cities we talked about mm. crime rates yesterday. Well, we talked about crime yesterday. Chicago, right? Chicago's pulled its bridges up because they don't want the rioting to spread. And I don't think too many people are going to be jumping into the river out there to swim across the loot. So, And you're not going to be driving a stolen Audi crossing a bridge that's up in the air uh, to go drive it through a storefront somewhere. So your um, your fellow rioters can, uh, can loot the place. So, all right, crime rates. Uh, what do
1: we have and where do we have them? So 20 of the major cities in the U.S. have an average increase of 37 percent now this is at the end of june okay so at the end of june compared to may right there was a 37 percent increase in comparison now during that same time period last year there was only a six percent increase we usually see an increase a little bit because of the summer months you know coming coming into things warming up but usually you know six percent that's all we see uh, whereas we're seeing six times that so Mm One of, one of the major cities that this is a problem in or um, that the, that's talked about is Kansas City. They already have 122 people killed this year. Last year, uh, during the same time period, they had 90. So uh, the city is also already. We're, talk, we're talking matched, about a significant rise here. That, that is a pretty significant rise. Yes. The city has already matched the number of non-fatal shootings of 490 that occurred last year. Over the entire year, so just over a well six month, seven month period, uh, based on the the numbers that they have, it's already the the same numbers as last year the entire year, and that's um, that, that's <laughs> that's crazy so far. They're saying mostly they're they're stumped at what the cause is. At first glance, you would think, oh, it's coronavirus, right? Or maybe the riots, or which I mean. Obviously, I would think that those two have those two have some kind of, uh, you know, uh, effect. But this started before the lockdowns and shutdowns and everything. And it was before there was large uh, destabilizations going on in, in like the um, uh, major cities and whatnot with, you know, economy and so on and so forth. So, uh,
0: Well, no, let's, let, let's, let's go this way with it, because you, you mentioned there that this is having uh, an effect on, on the economy. Well, most notably, this is happening in places like Manhattan right? Yes.
1: Uh, Manhattan's a, a good example of that. Um, I mean, look what's going on in the city up there,
0: right? It's, it's being absolutely hammered by riots, by looting, by lockdown policies, by... <laughs> Quite frankly, by something else. We're gonna talk about Cuomo here in just a minute. Because you're not gonna believe what he's threatening to do now. But because of the I think is because the uptick in crime added to which these ridiculous policies with what's being imposed on New York, not to mention now these quarantine the checkpoint things that are being set up by De yeah. Blasio. I mean, this is decimating business. That's our financial hub, you idiots. You know, I'd like to say what in the hell's wrong with you, but we already know what in the hell's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. So it says here that, um, well, OK, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you run with it because you're the one that pulled it. But I've got it up here in front of me. But go, go on with it.
1: So they, they specifically talk about uh, in this article, the uh, Bryant Park Grill uh, and cafe in Midtown. Um, this restaurant has a capacity of about 1,000 people a- a- in the dining room, which is currently closed because of um, the pandemic lockdowns or, or shutdowns. Um, so instead, they're required to serve on the patio. To put that in comparison, the restaurant is only making a fraction or, or 15% of their income right now because they're they're only allowed the, uh, to serve on the patio. So they're they're having a huge cut and so their bills are the same. The, the bills haven't changed, but they're only able to to pull in 15 percent of what they usually make, you know, their revenue. And this is going to end up bankrupting uh, that. I, I don't I don't know, man. Uh, if I was a business, I'd be like, I'm out. I'm done. If you're not going to let me run my business here, I'm moving somewhere else. I'm moving to another city mm-hmm. that I will. Mm-hmm. And I'd pull out. I mean, and. Honestly, that's that's what you're seeing. Some of these other restaurants and stuff they're talking about. Look, we're going to shut down and we're out of this franchise. Yeah, there's two that have reopened. Two of the five uh, of the specific one have opened, it looks like.
0: And the owners come out and made a statement here. Michael Weinstein, the chief executive of Arc Restaurants, who owns Bryant Park Grill and Cafe and 19 other restaurants, said he will never open another restaurant in New York. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? He will never open another restaurant in New York instead. Like this is what's going on. The dining room's closed, as you said, right? Dinner's cooked and served on the patio. The restaurant brings in on average $12,000 a day, and they've seen an 85% drop in its revenue since all this nonsense. The owner has said that there's no reason to do business in New York. Did you hear what I just said? There's no reason to do business in New York. New York is the place to do business. Like if you want to do business, that's where you should go. Instead, everything up there has been flipped on its head. He says that he can do the same volume in Florida in the same square feet as he would have in New York, with my expenses being much less. The idea that branding and locations were important, but the expense of being in the city has overtaken the marketing group that says you have to be there. Okay, I don't blame the guy. I really don't blame the guy. But this is not just the only business, though. I mean, you've got other national chains like JCPenney, Kate Spade, Subway. Macy's and then you got other
1: as well. What is it? Macy's as well. Doing is Macy's some in shutdowns. Macy's is shut down. Okay. It's not listed in this, but it, it is one of the ones that's been shutting down. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Reading it in and then you article. got
0: you got other large brands like Victoria's Secret uh, and The Gap. They've kept their high profile locations in in Manhattan closed. Right. Other states are reopening and Manhattan's closed. They don't want their store smashed out. So, I mean, if if this is not a curtain call on Manhattan, I don't know what is. And speaking of that, Broadway's closed. I I doubt very seriously that's ever going to open again. I'm serious. I I don't mean that to be uh, facetious or be uh, to be extreme, but I really think and this is just my opinion. I really think they don't have any intention whatsoever of ever reopening Broadway ever. Because it's a cultural center, isn't it? And under this agenda, culture has to be destroyed.
1: Exactly. To put a little bit more, man, the the expenses they go through here. This is ridiculous. The Victoria's Secret flagship store has a $937,000 monthly rent. That's just the rent. That's Manhattan. You're paying a million dollars a month for rent. Yeah, that's that's I'm well, out. You have to,
0: yeah. <laughs> but you have to understand. First of all, that's first of all, that's Manhattan. Okay. That that's just New York. Second, sure, I get that's it. location. That's location. So if they are uh if they're in the heart of Manhattan, if they're midtown Manhattan, then it also depends on what other kind of real estate's around there too. Do you have a Louis Vuitton store next to you? Do you have a Coach store? Do you have a Tiffany's? Right? I mean, all that's going to take into account. Do you have a Michael Kors store there? So, if you've got these things, is it right next door to maybe a Smith and Walensky? You know, the the finest steakhouse in New York. I think. Just saying. If you have these areas that are high dollar like that, then you're going to pay that rent. But. Your revenue that you bring in on a monthly basis is gonna it's gonna top that right? It's gonna top that. Those those places might do that in a day uh, or more, depending. So I mean, you know, a million a month or nine hundred. What did you say it was 900, 987,000. So if it's that yeah. nine hundred thirty seven thousand, I mean that I mean that's just that's just Manhattan. I, I don't know what to say. That's just the way that it is. So. Uh, and also this is another reason why everything's so damn expensive up there so uh, but that's uh, that's really sad that that's really sad that uh, that all this is going on there's no need for this there's no need for this but it's about the political class it's about the corrupt political class 86ing capitalism that's what it is
1: some of these places this is okay so um I'm I, I'm going to butcher that guy's name uh the uh a jewelry store is big anyway he has 80 department stores nationwide, right? Um, Diego Hube? Uh, I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce that. Close enough. Uh, that's probably what I would say. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, he uh, his flagship store he shut down before the pandemic because yeah, of that's high Madison rents. Avenue. So it's that's uh, Madison Avenue. Yeah, though. that's like that's like even if you don't know New York, you know Madison Avenue. Yeah, but my point is, is even before the lockdowns and everything, uh, he already shut it down because of the rent. Like he 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 pulled out. So it's not like, well, this is only because of the, it's the pandemic and, you know, it's only because of the lockdowns. So no, this is actually a, a problem there. I, I get that it's a location and I get that, you know, but at the same time, is it really like, really? Does rent and everything, taxes and all that have to be that high there? I mean, is there a reason for that? It's just
0: it's man, just it's uh, the money, right? It's its the money. It's it's the um uh... It's the cost of living. It's the financial hub. There's a lot of money in New York, right? I mean, that's
1: just the way that it is. Oh, excuse me. Uh, His jewelry is sold in 80 department stores nationwide, but it's not that he has 80 stores nationwide. So, just to clear that up.
0: See, now here's the other problem, right? You get into like restaurants, and you talk about uh, little, uh, like sandwich shops and things like that. I mean, that's New York, right? It's people that walk in, they grab something, they walk out. They uh, they're headed uptown, so they want to stop somewhere and grab a quick bite to eat. Here's the problem: New York being the way that it is right now, there's not any business going on. There's no lunch business. No one's coming in from out of town. No one's coming down from Connecticut on the train. No one's coming across from Jersey. No one's coming from you know wherever. For, you know the flights to the JFK and LaGuardia are heavily restricted. If you break a quarantine, you got to pay ten thousand dollars. You don't fill out the form, then it's a it's another two thousand. So who wants to go to New York? So it's not just the fact that there's rioting and looting. It's also this other stuff, this lockdown stuff. This, this stuff's got to end. It's got to end. Or I mean, you you want to talk about going into another depression and it'll be a forced hand when it comes to that. So I mean, I, I can understand I can understand the resentment of these uh, these businesses. I can understand them wanting to leave. Why would you want to do business in a place like that where it's just going to do an, It's, it's going to do nothing but cost you money. And on top of that, you're not going to have the sales with businesses being restricted. Well, then that means other people aren't going to work or they're going to lose their job. So what money are they going to spend? Well, and
1: to your point, even if they did reopen, right, there's still you're, you're not allowing tourists. You have, what, 37 states that are barred from uh, going to New York yeah. uh, uh, unless you have a two week quarantine. Even if you did open everything back up and there was no restrictions, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to be there. The tourists aren't going to be there. The working crowd is half afraid of going back to work. So you may only see half of the numbers, if that. So
0: speaking of bad decisions and not allowing people to go to work. Let's talk about your favorite governor. Let's talk about Andrew Cuomo. And now he's, he's taken a step here. He's made a statement that I didn't realize a governor could make. And I really want to discuss this because this to me makes no sense. This to me makes no sense. I understand that, that there could be some controversy involved here. I understand that there could be some, uh, shall we say, wasting of resources, right? I'll, I'll just leave it at that. So I understand that aspect of it. But the way that the governor's going about this, I'm, I'm not entirely certain you can do this, especially as it relates to this. OK, so here, here's the deal. Governor Cuomo in New York has threatened to revoke the PSEG and Con Ed operating licenses over lousy responses to the hurricane, Isaias, whatever it's called. And so what happened? Tens of thousands of customers are still without power in New York even now. So right. So the, the hurricane shot up through there last week. The governor has now threatened to revoke the state operating licenses of both of those utilities. These are power companies. In a briefing yesterday, he said that he ordered the Public Service Commission to conduct an investigation into the utilities Con Edison and P S E G Long Island. And his actual quote, Con Ed and P S E and G did a lousy job. That's a technical term. Oh, lousy job. Lousy job's a technical term. Yeah, okay. Thanks for clearing that up. They were not prepared. And they didn't anticipate what it would take to get back online quickly. So now, now he's turned around and he's threatened to, to revoke their license. He says he's personally disappointed in the utilities and that New Yorkers are fed up with them. I want the utilities to know that we do not abide by the concept in New York that anything is too big to fail. Threatening that their franchise can be revoked. I'm not bluffing, he said. If you're not serving the people of this state, they give you a license to provide that service. If you don't provide the service, they will revoke the license and the license is your franchise. Can he do this? Can, can he just go in and arbitrarily shut down a public utility like that?
1: Is that even possible? I mean, this is a privately owned utility, right? That that's that's the thing. It's it's a private utility. Uh, he could. Okay, so if he's revoking their licensing, basically. Well, he hasn't done that yet. He's
0: just threatening to. Right. But I mean, this is a I, okay from from a business standpoint. All right. I mean, okay, okay I can kind of see that. In in certain cases, like if a business is uh, doing a lousy job, they don't have, you know, health code standards that they're I mean, it's just a whatever. Yes, you're going to send in the authorities and they're going to revoke that license. OK. Right. Or if they don't pay their business taxes or their, whatever.
1: What? This is so stupid. This is so stupid. Seriously. It is. It is. But it's a utility. Is he not thinking this it's, through. No, it's It's a utility. A, is he, it's... I, I get it. But OK, let, let's say let's say we use a little bit of New Yorker, you know, mentality here. Right. All right. So I own the business. Right. OK. I own the, I own the electric company. And uh, he's coming and saying he's going to shut me down if I don't work faster. And now, obviously, there could be issues with logistics, we, um, maybe right. short on supplies. Right. Uh, you know, we have been in the middle of the pandemic and nobody's been working. So you, you may have difficulty getting the um, cabling that you need the transformers the, workers, the the telephone the poles i mean or the workers
0: don't want to go to work
1: or the workers maybe they're, too, they're oh, or too the workers don't to want to go work. back to yeah. work so who has power here is it the governor or is it the electrical company because the electrical company could say yeah okay you know what you you want to you want to revoke our all right we're going to shut the power off and just shut power off for the end everybody that you you run and say look this is what the governor wanted And just put it back on the governor, and just you point it at him, and shut it off for twenty four hours or whatever, and be like, "This is the governor's doing. This is what he's doing." I mean, like, you you want to you want to play you want to play hardball? Let's play hardball because you can't do this. Like, you're going to try to bully an electrical company? He can shut power off to your entire city. Well, (laughs) what are you what are you thinking?
0: Like, Con Ed is like that's that's Manhattan, that's Queens, that's Bronx, that's Brooklyn, that's Staten. I mean, that's 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 everybody. You can't just like you can't just do that. OK, like I said, I can excuse some um so, some wasteful spending here, because let's be honest, if you call a utility company, right, no matter what it is, whether it's water, whether it's power, you know, wh- whatever you call them to come out because there's an outage. It's no secret that it might take them, you know, two hours, three hours, five hours, whatever. And then Bob shows up in the truck by himself. Bob goes up in the bucket and then his supervisor, Jeff, and then his supervisor, Steve, and then his supervisor all show up. Then they're out they're down there having coffee while Bob's up in the bucket working one handed. OK, and it might take him four or five or six hours to get power back to 100 people. So I, I get it. OK, I, I get it. There's some waste here. There's a there's a union aspect to it. I'm not a union buster by any means. Don't think that. But I, I understand that there's issues here. So I get it. But Also, it could be that plus what you said, logistics issues, supply chain Mm -hmm. issues. I mean, there's no secret that the supply chain's been disrupted in all this. So I have no doubt that Con Ed are working as hard as they can to try and restore the power to all the people of New York. I have no doubt about that. Like this guy's already overstepping his bounds anyway. And so now he's going to try and come in and muscle in on a on a on a public utility and so what? You're going to arbitrarily uh, yeah. shut it down. Do you know how many jobs you're going to do, do you know how many people are going to you're going to put out of a
1: job? Not just the number of people. It, it, the other the other issue, how many people are in in that area that require some kind of medical assistance, you know, machine assistance to continue living uh, that requires electricity? How many of them, you know, so you're just going to revoke their license and and all right, well, we have to shut off power. I mean, like, what, what are you expecting to do here? Like this is an empty threat uh, in my opinion. It would have been more, I don't know beneficial to the public or something. It'd just come up and have been like, look, uh, I talked to the, the electrical company. these are the problems they're running into. This is why there's a delay. And just do some damage control. don't don't try to like bully and push them around when it, it could be stuff that's not not in their control. You know, uh, for that matter, it could be the two week quarantine that he's doing. So when they have stuff shipped in, well, we can't get it because we have to wait two weeks before we can offload it because you know, whatever, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, and it, <laughs> it says here there's was something stupid like that.
0: Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, is like there's some there's some con ed uh, spokesmen in here that are putting some some quotes out that the, the company's made a statement they said uh, yesterday that said crews are closing in on the end of the restoration customers affected by uh, the storm, including all the way up in Westchester County. So, I mean, like I said, th- this is not something that's uh, that i think that they're dragging their feet on the utilities are because i know how hard the utilities work up there and you know something if if you go into if you go into the city most of that stuff's underground that's going to take some time though it might go a little faster though i have to say with um with all the traffic being pretty much off the road but here's the funny thing the utility company con ed and uh, the other one here um pse and g they said that the tropical storm that hit caused the second largest power outage in the company's history so they're not going to have it back up within 24 hours or 48 hours. It's going to take them some time. They said that they're looking to have all of the restoration done as quickly as possible. And they're looking at possibly Wednesday. So tomorrow to have it back.
1: So what's the point of trying to bully them uh, if they said it, everything should know. be back up and running tomorrow? I don't know. Like, does does he not realize that in in Tornado Alley, where many places have their power lines underground, You can still have areas and locations out of power for a week or longer. I mean, this is not unheard of in in Tornado Alley, so I don't get it. Like, (laughs) you guys are in a hurricane area, right? So, hello? Uh I don't know. I, I mean, hurricanes affect a much larger area than tornadoes. So I don't know. It just it, more and more he f- he's he's coming across as if he's like mafia, like his family was mafia or he is mafia or something like because the tactics he's using is kind of uh, it's it just bully just tactics, has that vibe to it. it it's yeah. bully
0: tactics. That's all it is. It's like he goes on TV a couple of days ago and he talks about how, oh, yeah, I, I talk to people every day. You know, I'll buy you dinner. You know, I'll buy you a drink. Come over. I'll cook, you know. <laughs> it's just like that, that's what you do. You sit around with the family, if you will, uh, and you have you have dinner, right? You sit down with the the um, the boss, shall we say, and he arranges it to where you can do business. Isn't that kind of how he's behaving? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. You know, you got to go mm-hmm. see the guy in charge. You got to sit down. You got to break bread with the man. And then you work the deal on how you're going to, um, shall we say, open up shop. And uh, and, and that's how it's done. And so that's why he's out there behaving like that. I don't don't know. I don't know. Uh, But anyway, keeping with him. Now they're saying that New York's true nursing home death could be cloaked in secrecy. So is there more that's to this story since we've talked about it before? And this seems to be one of your sore spots when it comes to Cuomo anyway, is this particular Mm -hmm. aspect of it. So is there Mm -hmm. more that's come out in this? We've seen a couple of things come out in the last 24 hours. So is there more to this story or is it just... Kind of like, oh, nothing to see here and then move along.
1: Well, OK, so supposedly New York uh, ranked 35th as far as nursing home deaths, but that's the, the official numbers, whereas he had the worst policies in the entire nation when it came to nursing homes. They were importing infected people into their nursing homes, and then when they were sent to the hospital... Uh, and they died in the hospital. It was not listed as a nursing home death. It was listed as a death in the hospital. So the, the official numbers, we may never know. In fact, the, the official numbers may not have been uh, recorded at all, like because of the way they're that 6,000 or 7,000 or whatever. No, uh, no, that, that, that's um, that tally is pretty small. And the testimony
0: we heard from one of the uh, the women who lost her mother that we we actually quoted some of her testimony here last week. She said that she didn't find out until she read her mother's name in the paper, and when she went to try and figure out some type of service for her, they had already cremated her body within 24 hours. So how do we know if we're going by that? How do we know? It's to your point. How, how do we know how many people there are? Because if they went that route with it, you'll
1: never know. So basically, what this article is saying is. Basically, around the nation, there is roughly 62 or excuse me, 68,200 nursing home staff or residents that have died. Uh, so that makes up about 44 percent of the total deaths. Now, if they attribute New York to having the same as all the other states as far as the average, then that means they have at least 11,000 nursing home deaths, at least. But now we also know that they were hiding numbers and doing things that none of the other states were doing. So those numbers could easily be doubled. And, uh, you know, we're we're not going to know about it. So uh, I was this. uh, Go go ahead. ahead.
0: No, I was was reading this quote here where he says, that's a problem, bro. Senator (laughs) Senator, uh, Gustavo Rivera, a Democrat, told New York Health Commissioner Howard Zucker during a legislative hearing on nursing home deaths earlier this month. It seems, sir, that in this case, you're choosing to define it differently so you can look better. I mean, I don't I don't really know. I don't know what to say to you if they're trying to make themselves look better. And then and then Cuomo comes out yesterday and says in a briefing, he says, look at the basic facts where New York is versus other states, which you made reference to that. You look at where New York or New York is as a percentage of nursing home deaths. It's all the way at the bottom of that list. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Okay, it might be 35th in the nation, but that's because we don't know the
1: actual numbers. Yeah, there's. Five states that did the uh, importing of uh, infected into the nursing homes, there was five that did it. New York is the only one that didn't report the actual deaths of the nursing homes. So it might be valid to compare it to those other states that imported it as well to see what percentage higher they had. Um, offhand, I don't remember. I think New Jersey was one of them, uh, but offhand, I don't remember the states that did it. I'd have to look into that. Um, that might be a, something for later. Is there another hearing? or is this it? Uh, and this um this uh Zucker was saying that the issue is too large, you know, it's a, it's a too serious of an issue for him to uh provide or not provide information that he is not absolutely 100% accurate on. Like so he's not totally sure on on some of the data right now, he's going to have to double check it. So my assumption is there's going to be another there's going to be more uh involved with this. I don't know. This will be an ongoing thing. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll roll
0: into the next hearing then. But you know something? I honestly think that, um, okay, give the state a chance. Give the state a chance to do their investigation, but have justice on the back burner. And then you bring in the feds and let them investigate. That's my take. Uh, this article This is wrong, by the way. Sorry?
1: This article was saying that um, if they were to use the 44% for uh-huh. fatalities, uh, uh-huh. um it would be eleven thousand. It's fourteen thousand four hundred and twenty-three, mm-hmm. based on the number of deaths in New York. Okay, so yeah, that doesn't.
0: Anyway, It doesn't add up. That, yeah, it doesn't. Math doesn't. Yeah, work. it's. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So Seattle's police chief, right, Carmen Best. Now, I, I'm not going to criticize the woman because, at least to me, to me, what it looks like to me is she's out there from the start of this thing, even before the start of the whole Chaz or or whatever. She's actually taking the right stance when it comes to members of the Seattle PD. She's trying to back up her people. She didn't want to abandon that precinct that allowed Chaz to start, but the mayor ordered her to. So they did. And so now uh, she again, she stood up for her people in as it relates to budget cuts. Right. The city of Seattle, and we've, we've talked about what's going on out in Seattle, what these people are talking about doing. That these these sick people. That I, I kid you not. Like I can't emphasize that enough, how disturbed these people are and what they're doing. Home sales in Seattle are up 1,500%. People are leaving. They're not flocking to their... Those are not home purchases. Those are not people buying homes. Those are people selling their homes and running from that city. The Seattle police chief emailed her resignation yesterday. The city council made good on its promise to approve sweeping proposals that would cut 100 officers and slash the department's budget by $3 million. Her retirement will take effect on September 2nd. So she's got three weeks left. She said, I wanted you, she was talking, talking to a, um, a radio host out there. She says, I wanted you to hear this from me, but some media have reached this conclusion on their own. This was a difficult decision for me, but when it's time, it's time. She thanked Mayor Jenny Durkan, I wouldn't have, for her continuous support, yeah, I'll bet, and said that Seattle PD is truly the best department in the country, and please trust me when I say the vast majority of people in Seattle support you and appreciate you. I hope she's talking to the citizens and not to that useless, disgusting excuse for a mayor, who, as far as I'm concerned, is an accessory to murder, I might add. I'll go a step with that because she allowed the area to be formed. She allowed Chaz. She said it was going to be the summer of love, right? It's going to be the summer of love. People were getting killed in there, you moron. How is that? How, how is that not an accessory to murder? How? How are you not held as an accessory to all of the crime that happened in there by allowing that, by enabling that, giving them supplies, giving them facilities, not shutting it down? Oh, but it got shut down when they showed up on your front lawn at three o'clock in the morning, didn't it? By 6 a.m. the next morning, you had bulldozers out there shutting that place down. Within these budget cuts, they also said any layoffs would disproportionately target new officers often hired from minority communities would inevitably lead to lawsuits. The Seattle City Council also cut uh, the police chief's Annual salary, and they also cut the pay of other top police leaders. Uh, the council also plans to take officers off of a team that removes homeless camps. Oh, quality of life crimes, huh? So you're going to allow more bums in the streets? You're going to allow more degeneracy of the society? Seattle's one of the biggest homeless populations in the country, not the biggest, but one of the biggest. I'd say second only to possibly San Francisco or Los Angeles, maybe. Oh, and New York. Can't forget about New York. So you're you're going to get rid of. All of this, you're you're going to allow the torpedoing of the city. You know, if that's how you want to live out there, if that's how you you degenerates in the city council out there, if that's how you want to live, then you should live like that. You should live out there in the areas where you're going to decriminalize this crime and see how much you like it. Look at what you did to the poor citizens of downtown in the Capitol Hill zone. The ones you abandoned, the ones that were being extorted. How about the businesses in there that were being extorted? The people that were scared to go to sleep every night. What of them? I I just I I can't wrap my head around this line of thinking. You you think that the system itself is inherently racist. Well, guess what? I'll I'll do you one better. Who's running the system? You. So what does that say about you? I I just like to throw that out there. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. What they're going (laughs) to
1: go ahead. Was that rhetorical? Sorry. No, go on. No, no. Go ahead. Go for it. I'm, I'm uh, no, no, no,
0: no. They're, they're running the system. So like, I heard the question. No, no. Yeah. They're, they're running the system, right?
1: hmm mm-hmm.
0: they're, they're running the system. They say the system is systemically racist,
1: right? Mm-hmm. But they're running. Hold on. It's systemically racist, and we have quite a few black police officers and police chief in Seattle's police chief is a black woman. So it's systemically racist. Yeah. I thought blacks were unable to be racist. It's
0: hypocrisy. It's the whole thing is hypocrisy. It's a lunacy. These people are insane. They think that the system is what causes people to commit crimes. This is what they think. And so they believe that crime will cease to exist. If they get rid of the police department and when they get rid of the police department, then they're going to go after the court systems. They're going to abolish the courts. Then what are they going to do? Well, you don't have police officers. You don't need courts. Well, you don't need courts. You don't need prisons. That's where they're going to go. They're going to shut down the prisons and they're not going to move them to another facility. They're going to put those people out there on the streets and they're going to menace you and your family and your community. This is like this is not progression of a society. This is regression. This is not a way forward. This is not an advancement of society. We've talked about advancements of society before. If you want to dial that stuff down, then you can. But it has to be a process to where you work society up to a point where you don't need that many resources going into whatever department, whether it's the police department or or whatever. The community can take care of itself because it gets to a point where it's like, hey, wait a minute, you know, we're We're, we're pretty well off here. We're not committing any crimes. I think we can do pretty well here. So why do we need a police department? If you get people to a point where that can happen, if you get them to a point where society is stable, where they have opportunity, where they have education, where they have stable family units, where they have solid community foundations, where you have good institutions where people have dignity, they have self-worth, then you can dial that stuff back because the crime problem will solve itself naturally. These sick academics don't believe in any of that because they're not builders. They don't know how to build anything. They've never held a straight job in their life. Most of them, actually, none of them. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, none of them. These are people that go to universities. They pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for a useless piece of paper and they can't find a job in anything. Up to that point, they've probably never had a job. So they go into politics. See, they can't make it anywhere else. They can't make it in the free market like you or I or your neighbor or or someone else. They can't do that. They don't know how to do that. So their claim to fame, their attainment of wealth, their responsibility is we're going to go into the system. We're going to go into the government. We're going to corrupt the system. That's how they're going to get rich in there. See, we're good-minded people. The average person out there, well, that's all we are, right? We're good-minded people. We wouldn't do that. We believe in working for something to better ourselves, better our families, better our communities, our town, our country. We believe in that. These people don't believe in that, largely. There are some good politicians, for sure. But you go into politics because you want to make society better by promoting agendas that that create anarchy and chaos. What kind of a person are you? Th- that's not... That's not something that I could do knowingly and, and, and live to, to sleep good at night. I, I couldn't do that to people. But these people don't even bat an eye at it. They, they don't even bat an eye at it. They just go on and think that, oh, they're doing good and they're doing right when they have no idea what they're creating. None, even though they see the degradation. But see, to them, to them, that degradation in society, that is beautiful to them because it's as miserable as they are. These are not fulfilled people. These are not happy people. If you look at them, have you seen some of these people? Have you looked at some of these people that are in positions of authority in government? Have you looked at them? They look like they've had their soul sucked out, most of them. They're miserable, self-loathing, nihilistic, degenerate people, and they live to tear down society. Let's jump over to... Let's round off here on Nevada. Now, we talked a couple of weeks back about a Supreme Court case and the Supreme Court ruled, Mm -hmm. you know, the conservative Supreme Court, right? Yeah. The conservative Mm -hmm. Supreme Court. (laughs) They ruled. I'm being completely facetious. They ruled that you couldn't operate a church of what was it? Was it 50
1: people? Is is that what it was? Uh, uh, Yeah, it was like it was either 50 people or Less, But yeah, I think 50 people. I I think it was 50. Sounds about right. Yeah, you couldn't hold
0: you couldn't hold service of at least 50 people, I think it was. And so you could allow, though, casinos to open at, quote, 50 percent capacity. Well, casinos can hold thousands of people, right? But. Churches, mm-hmm. you can't have a church service of more than fifty people. Well, that kind of leaves the mega churches out in the out in the cold, doesn't it? Ones that have hundreds uh, of yeah. worshippers that come through. And I, you know, I've I've been to mega churches. I've gone to mega Baptist churches. You've been to mega churches before. I mean, yeah. hundreds of people mm-hmm. in the services. You know, they'll do two, three services yeah. in in the morning sometimes. Uh, you know, an hour or two Thousands
1: apart in some cases.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I've I've never been to a church that big, yeah. but nonetheless, these casinos are allowed to stay open at 50% capacity. So the, uh, the group, the, uh, the evangelicals for Trump decided that they were going to, um, <clears throat> skirt Nevada's fascist anti-Christian laws by holding a worship service in a casino. So they decided to go about it their own way. And they decided to, um, they, they decide, I think they went to Caesar's palace is where they went. They went to, uh, to a casino to hold their services. The democratic governor of Nevada, uh, Steve Sisolak, uh, he's gone out and said that um, the casino is being punished with a two hundred and fifty dollars fine. Oh, that's not what's two hundred and fifty dollars to a casino, Mister Theologian. Let's bring you in here. What do you think of the church? I'll give him credit for ingenuity, right? <laughs> I'll give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of this? I mean, I, I have to give him credit. I, I think it's a, I think it's an ingenious
1: idea, and, and well done to them. So I, I think it's a, it, it was a, an interesting way to try to skirt the law. It was definitely creative and proved a point at the same time. Now, the Supreme Court's ruling, unconstitutional. That one, that one grinds my gears. You do not have the power or the authority to dictate the size of a church meeting. Can't do it. That That's, I mean, First Amendment covers uh, peacefully assembling your, your freedom to worship. And as they like to quote all the time, there's a separation between church and state, which means... Not only can you do nothing as the state, but they keep preaching to us that we can't do anything in the state uh, involved when it comes to religion stuff. When there's a whole story behind all that and what the founders really meant by it. And it's not actually in the Constitution, but they don't care about any of that. Nonetheless, uh, the fine, it's honestly the casino should be like, yeah, we're not paying it, but not happening. You're, You're violating constitutional rights, but, you know, they'll pay it. They, because they can they can make the money back it's not a big deal. Uh these mega churches that are being told to shut down or to have, you know, smaller in attendance, smaller uh, crowds. some of the churches I've attended, you know, the smaller ones, they they would get by fine. You know, the the like 200 people or so, yeah, you could get by with 50, you know. But other churches that I've been to that have 1000 plus seating, 1500 people can attend, they're going to struggle. They're going to find it hard to to pay the bills. And um, it's not within the power of the government to dictate whether they can stay open or not. So, honestly, I'm I'm of the opinion that they should just stick to their rights. Uh, the, the Constitution covers, you know, your your First Amendment rights. There, you have means to protect yourself and and guard yourself from that oppressive government. They cannot tell you to shut down. Sorry. Uh, so go back to church. Yeah, if you want to go? Go. No, no restrictions. What are they going to
0: do? Shut you down? Unfortunately, we are out of time today, and we're going to have to uh, jump out of here. For those of you who have not, you would like to, please do give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parlor. You can follow myself over there. I'm at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Uh, we love getting all your echoes, your likes, your upvotes, your comments, your feedback. Love hearing all of it. Also, if you would like to, and you don't have to uh, jump onto Parlor to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at tips at dynamicindependence.com, and you can put an attention to whoever you like myself, Bruce, GP, Marty, any of us, we would humbly ask that you please recommend us to friends and family. We're on just about every platform out there. We're on Pandora, we're on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio, Deezer, Stitcher, uh, and many other platforms. And also, if you're in the process of listening to us, and you would like to rate us, if you like what you're hearing, please do give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform that you're on when you're listening to us. So thank you all very much. So Bruce, thank you for your time. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening, because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.